And um, Jamie, I just wanted to ask you very first off, uh, Kevin and I like to be in the present as much as we can uh, today and we're like kind of be in our feet. So what was the best part of your day so far? Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you ready? I'm ready. Perfect. Ty, you ready? Aha. Awesome. Let's do it. Timeout, Tyler, who are we taking a timeout with today? Well, thank you, Kevin. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Jamie Saunders, president and CEO of the United Way of the Greater Rochester area. <laughs> Jamie, thanks for being on our show. Kevin, thanks for getting Jamie on our show. And I think it was either Ann Wilder or uh, uh, Heidi Gregory. I think it was Heidi. Jamie. It was, uh, you have a, a slew of fans around here in the 585 or up there <laughs> where y'all are now. And um, Jamie, I just wanted to ask you very first off, uh, Kevin and I like to be in the present as much as we can uh, today and we're like kind of be in our feet. So what was the best part of your day so far? Oh my gosh, best part of my day? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had like so many great things. Um, but today uh, we, uh, we celebrated a, a longstanding employee of ours uh, who is transitioning down to Florida. Uh, and uh, one of my team members is expecting. So we got to hear, I love babies. So it's just so exciting. Uh, so just spending time with our team. And I was in the office, you know, we have the hybrid and in remote work and just being around the team was just awesome today. That's so cool to hear. <laughs> life, these big the life moments. That is amazing. awesome, man. Yeah. So one of the things Tyler and I also like to learn from, from the leaders that we've, we've hosted on the show is what kind of music do you listen to? If you had to pick oh. your favorite song, Jamie, that you had to hear on repeat day in and day out, what song are you picking? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I have teenagers. So right now, uh, and we share a Spotify account. So I, I am expanding my horizon. So right now we're listening to uh, Phoebe Bridgers on repeat. We just saw her in, uh, outside the Buffalo area earlier this year. We got Billie Eilish tickets in February. So excited about that. Uh, but I, I am a same old, same old. So I listen to the same pump up songs. Uh, you know, I, my go-to in the car uh, is often Beyonce. Oh yeah. Uh, she just like pumps you up uh, to get you going. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, there was about a few years ago, Hamilton. I listened to it every single day <laughs> uh, that whole play over and over. People will be like, really, mom, really? Could you pick something else? But, yeah. Now you're on the yeah. Bill, Billy Angle, English. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't even know but, who's singing anymore. Half those names you just said, I'm like, yeah, that's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, I have that's to wait for my son to get to the teenagers. He'll, he'll teach you. Yeah, teach exactly. You. Well, who knows what they'll be listening to by then. <laughs> That's yeah, right. No kidding. Well, well, Jamie, what gets you bed? What get, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What kind of fuels your fire every every day over there at the United Way, or just in life in general? Yeah, uh, opportunity. I, every day brings a whole new uh, opportunity to do better, to do greater, to connect more. Uh, what gets me out of bed every morning is my kids got to be on the bus at six fifty uh, a.m. Uh, and, uh, my husband thankfully is the, you know, pa pack the lunch boxes and make sure it happens. But, uh, I'm usually the, you know, really get up now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Really get up and brush your teeth. Uh, but I think the best in the morning, you know, I often I'll wake up and then I clear out my in bin. I get my head straight, uh, game on, uh, and really try to make it the best possible day. 
And starting just with that positive mindset, it sounds like is, is probably one of the keys to success of, of how you uh, now become the CEO and president. It, it's amazing on how you start your day. And let's start there. I mean, I, I'm always interested to understand because we talk about the socioeconomic environment that we're in right now and more, leader, more leaders are females uh, and rightfully so. And I believe that females make some of the great, greatest leaders and, and have the capabilities of, of unbelievable things in leadership positions because you guys are just better at multitasking and you're empathetic. And we're starting to hear about empathetic leadership and you guys do that naturally, right? As human nature, you are the nurturers. But what is it like, um, you, you mentioned obviously your husband potentially packing the lunches and getting the kids on the bus. You're obviously the, you're, you're well-known in the community. What is that relationship like and how has that evolved as you've kind of propelled in, into some of these leadership positions? Yeah, uh, you mean being married for 20 years? Is yes. That, is that the partnership? Yes, yeah. I'm only three uh, years <laughs> in and uh, I gotta get some advice. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, marrying well. Uh, so uh, I married uh, an incredible man who's incredibly supportive. Uh, and there's no doubt in my mind, I would not have had the career without him uh, being so supportive and open. Uh, the kind of jobs that I've had, uh, which never feel like jobs, but they're all consuming and he gets that. So, uh, you know, he'll say sometimes we'll be just sitting near each other. It's like, could you turn your brain down a little bit? You're thinking too loud. Like he can just tell um, you know, he'll send a text even today. He's like coffee time. Yes, it is. Oh yes. My <laughs> friend. So just very in tune. Uh, you know, we are also very mindful to model partnership with our kids. So I wouldn't be able to do the jobs I've had. I'm at United way. Now I was the CEO at Willow domestic violence center leadership roles throughout. And we would always make time at the dinner table and he would toast and say, thank you, mom, for working. And I'd say, thank you, dad, for working because running the household never stops That's so uh, he agreed to be the yeah he agreed to be the stay-at-home parent uh and he's really good at it i did it for a year and i failed miserably <laughs> I, I need to be out and uh we just know where we excel yeah. that's like in anything and you manage your home you manage your teams you find who has the strengths and who has the natural instincts um and uh, it's just been a delicious wonderful thing so That's we're right. celebrating 20 years next year i told him i'm gonna marry him again and uh, onward and upward. <laughs> That's so cool because like, I just had a baby, obviously, and, and just the opportunity that I had, um, it's challenging. I think, I think males, when I was taking paternity leave, you almost get like double takes. You're like, why are you taking the time off from work? And it's like, well, it's in my legal right. And I want to spend the time, but I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity because it is a ton of work. Like you think about being a stay at home parent of any kind, it's a lot of work. It's not, it is a full-time job. So, it is. and you appreciate it more. Exactly. I think. Exactly. So you appreciate my dad, the parent that stays. Yeah. I asked my dad how long he took off. He was like, ah, I think it was like a day or two. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's okay to get that experience, you know? <laughs> it is. I know it's hard. And I think about the single parents in the world and they're just heroes. I mean, just to be able to coordinate and get it all done is just extraordinary. So yeah. Yeah, it takes a village for sure. Yeah, it really does. And, and then keep it on kids right now. I mean, these kids are getting so smart so fast, I, I feel like. It might just be my age. I did turn 37 today, y'all. So my Today? Boy, Wait. Yeah. Today is your birthday? Yeah, yeah. Wow, do I feel bad. Didn't even send you a text on your birthday. We talked about a lot of other things. Well, what I wanted to, thank you. Well, what I wanted to ask is, like, what, what did you think the best lesson you, you've taught your kids over the years is? Hmm. 
especially in their era. Let me say that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, it's got to be with so many other inputs. Yeah. And and they get their feedback so quickly, uh, you know, in terms of technology and other influencers that it's just unfathomable, including through the pandemic where the most, you know, connection was electronic. So there's this whole world of collision that was happening. So, you know, I remind them, I hopefully they can, they can see how we model respect and behavior and empathy. Uh, and as, as the kids, they do pay attention, they notice. Uh, and whenever they leave the house, we just remind them you're a Saunders. So you represent you, but you represent the family. Uh, and I often will remind them that whatever you post now, some future employer can find 30 years from the future. Uh, so just make sure it matters. And they may not want to have me as their friend on their social media account, but they got to have their aunts and uncles. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. How now, different is we know, that? We know that they can do different names and accounts, but you know, it's important to, re- to recognize it. What you post says a lot and people do things. Um, we all have stories, right? So it's important. Uh, to give them independence and grace, uh, but to also to, uh, make sure that they know what it means. Golly, how well, different. I mean, I don't even, I don't think we, we were growing up had any of that, you know, there's just so many more, mm-hmm. I don't even know the word for it, just variables and into the equation now to, to, to make sure these kids steer, steer okay, I think is the word. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but heck, Jamie, back on to you now. So when was it along your path, you were like, you woke up one day and said, my name is Jamie Saunders, and I'm going to be a CEO. When, is, when does someone say that to themselves? Like, that's not your average bear, if you ask me. No, I would say uh, I've never said that. Um, I have said, no way would I be the top lead. I always like being number two, because you get to do a lot more, I thought. Um, but no, it, it's really an honor. Uh, and, and you learn real quick when you're the leader you're actually the follower, the supporter, the remover of barriers, the champion, the cheerleader. Uh, you know, it, there's so many roles and levels that you play, but no doubt about it, when you take that uh, top seat or you take that title, the buck stops with you. So the responsibility is significant uh, and the honor is significant. And, and that's all part of it. I just knew uh, very early on, my passion's always been taking business principles and practice and put it into the human context. So how do you take the lessons of business and apply it in human service, which is my passion, nonprofits? Pieces of it match and other pieces don't translate, but there's a way to make that uh, synergy and that strength. And that's always what has driven me from my education to volunteering. Uh, I just wanted to really, it sounds uh, Pollyanna, but I wanted to leave the world better. Uh, I think that's part of our role and our purpose uh, is to leave things better than you found it. Uh, And so that has been where I've dedicated my time. And I've been uh, very fortunate to meet people along the journey who say, you know, you you might want to try, you might be good at, um, or gave me a lot of opportunity and windowed, you know, the uh, the opportunity to try. Uh, And that is something I try to pay forward when you see a spark in someone, Mm -hmm. uh, that you give them that opportunity to grow and stretch to their potential that they may not have even seen themselves. I love that. I love that. And when, when we were talking about the kids and you were, it seems like you're a big, uh, Kenneth Ree was talking about it on our, our last guest, but um, love him. you, you teach Ree. through actions, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you can't just say things that you mentioned how your kids are watching you, but I, what I was thinking about this week is really, there was different, uh, somebody made a post and I was reading about the different styles of parenting. 
And, and just the wording that they were using in the association of the style, it was very similar, almost comparable to leadership styles, right? So, and, and, and what you're teaching your kids are obviously highly impressionable, but you being a mother, you know the importance of really acting and walking the walk, right? And how do you, how do you have a heart for at your home, but also what have you learned in your home that you take with you in leadership to get people to follow you the way that they do? That is such a good question. <laughs> uh, because I've also, hopefully you end up in a place of confidence that you are authentic um, in both places uh, and that you are consistent and that people see your actions and they need to trust you and that you will do what you say and repeatedly that you will show up and you have their back, right? Mm -hmm. So that should be at home no matter what. And we'll say, I may not agree with your behavior, but I do love you, right? Mm -hmm. As your child and and as a boss, as a leader, as a colleague, you want to always stay true to your word. People should be able to count on you to, mm -hmm. to see that in your behavior, to know that you've got their back and your trust. Uh, and that isn't something you say, it's something you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and breaking that bond of trust, I have said in both settings, professional and personal, that you can't, it takes a lot to rebuild that. So being truthful, uh, being honest, and doing what you say you will do is just so critically important. That includes saying, I meant to do it and I forgot, or I did it and I screwed it up. It's still being just truthful. That's the part that matters. The rest of it, you can figure out. Uh, you get more chances, but it's very, very difficult to rebuild trust. So those are those leading with empathy, uh, I think is so crucially important, especially right now. I, I'm finding at this particular season uh, of this two-year pandemic uh, to, to date that people are very fragile. Yeah. and are trying not to show the cracks that are happening and how hard it has been on so many uh, families and individuals. Uh, and so giving grace, somebody misses something, we should be asking why first before getting upset. That doesn't mean we negate accountability, mm -hmm. but it does mean that we try to demonstrate with empathy and care and time and time again, uh, the loyalty that comes from that uh, pays itself back and then some. Hmm. Hmm. Here, here. I, I'll, I'll, I'll roll off that soapbox all day. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And well, what you just said, Jamie, was just awesome. It got me all fired up over here just to be, uh, to, to do the next thing right, you know? And, and I love it that you said the word show up because that's what I say half the time. People are like, how do you do what you do, Tyler? I'm like, well, dude, I show up. And they're like, there's got to be more than that. And in my head, I'm like, well, how many times have you overcommitted or decommitted or you, you, and you didn't show up, you know, that's what I start right. to really think. And it's just those little small actions I think we'd take. Um, where'd you learn all this from, Jamie? Yeah. Is it from like all experience or is it from a few mentors? You know, what I love uh, just hearing about Time Out with Leaders and the origin story uh, of the two of you. <laughs> uh, and, and that I relate so much is that I, um, I had wonderful uh, bosses, and then I've had managers that were less than awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, pieces of that throughout your career, and I'm talking like from the first job at the public library when I was 15 all the way wow. through, there's places where it worked and places where it didn't. And I was always taking notes in my head of, ooh, that didn't feel good. Ooh, when I'm in charge, I'll never do that. Or when I'm in charge, I will do this. Mm -hmm. And then you get into a seat and you realize people are just so stretched and busy, mm -hmm. but there are elements that you learn. So I, I used to joke, I, I learned leadership by dysfunction, meaning seeing <laughs> things that didn't go well. You know, we think 
I had a terrible, terrible boss in a local place. I won't, won't be unnamed. <laughs> and I learned a lot uh, from that experience. And so that is disguised as a gift, right? Mm-hmm. So you, we can always learn from the situation we're in. I think the time I, I was so young and early in my career, I didn't know that I had options and when it was actually really not okay, the behavior. When I look back at it, I think obviously that individual was also trained under uh, um, circumstances that were challenging for that person and they bore that out, right? Mm -hmm. So everything you can learn from, but I I truly believe in the power of these sponsors, if you will. So you have mentors who really spend time with you, invest with you, might meet with you regularly. Some you could have paid executive coaches, which I've never had uh, and just have started to explore that in a more formal way. Uh, I read a lot. But a sponsor is a person who sees that potential in you. And that uh, I've been so fortunate. You're Mm. in the place at the right time, but that's because you show up, right, Tyler? Like you're there (laughs) and people see you. And if uh, that that part and they make connections and and that has continued to uh, without intention per se, but has just continued on this trajectory of connection Mm. to connection to connection. I haven't really looked for a job I've been presented opportunities when I wasn't even expecting them, including the current one I'm in. And I'm so grateful that people said, you really should move over here or think about when my head was down, just focused on what was in front of me. Yeah, because you were focused on the work that you were doing over at uh, the Willow Center. That, that, That's exactly that, right. That is it, it, what is so funny to me uh, it, or amazing to hear is the difference between a sponsor and a mentor. I could never come up with a word to describe what Tyler did for me when he, we were talking about how we met. Right. So he got to share his side of the story. But it's it is one of those things that sometimes you have to connect with somebody on that level of energy. Right. Tyler has all the energy and he's got the biggest heart in the world. But sometimes you don't even know your own strengths because you just are going and you're, you're caught up in the action and you're just doing, doing, doing and not really understanding what you're actually doing at the end of the day. It is a different, it just comes naturally sometimes to, to, to that particular individual, but him pulling out my strengths and saying like, this is different. Like then I started to grow more because I was like, oh, is that a strength? Well, maybe I'll continue to explore that or, or I, w- I would like to continue to develop that strength, you know, but sometimes you get into your own head. Who helped you kind of pull out your Jamie Saunders? Like who helped pull out and say, Jamie, these are your strengths. You have the biggest heart. Forget sociology, right? Like well, where you got your degree and you need to go have an impact on a lot of yeah. people and get into the nonprofit world. I mean, a lot of people no, with I your background it. probably would have went into healthcare to some of the major healthcare systems, but you chose to kind of make a greater impact on the greater community. Why? Uh, great question. I, um, you know, I, I learned very early through children's stories and books and I was always motivated by the underdog and very driven by equity and fairness and justice. And there was a fire in me about that. And I feel, you know, you can guess my age, but I was there through uh, Rodney King, if you can remember in the early nineties with police brutality in Los Angeles. I was in college out there at the time uh, to apartheid was still in existence in South Africa. Like I couldn't fathom putting my head on my pillow when there was atrocities happening around the globe And I continued to learn about that and figure out how can I contribute in a meaningful way. So my education was a combination of sociology, how do things work in society and social systems, and then business. So business administration, 
minor in women's studies, eventually got my master's in public administration. But the point was, how do, you, how do we do uh, more together? How do people, which aligns if you're in a department or in a company or a government or a nonprofit or a society, how do we align to a North Star that brings us together? Because at the core of it, I do believe that we are, as this human beings, as humanity, ultimately have, very, have a lot in, in common about how we care for our families, what we want in life, opportunity to thrive and take care of those that we love and have some sense of meaning. Yeah. So how is it that we have in this Rochester area, the highest level of childhood poverty in the nation? Mm-hmm. How is it that we have the most segregated border of a town and city and education system? How is it that we have seen the greatest violence in our history this last summer? So we all are impacted by that. And that, that's not even just the city. I'll talk about the suburbs have high rates of domestic violence that put things to shame, high rates of childhood mortality. All of that can sound depressing. For me, the point is we can solve it. Mm. These human challenges are created by humans and circumstance. How do we align to, to change that? Mm. So that's what been, has been driving me. Uh, I do believe if you have that framework, people want to be part of something good. Yeah. And that is why I'm so honored to be at United Way. That's our job is to connect those who want to help to those who need it, providing ample opportunities to be part of that movement for good. Uh, and with he- deep humility uh, and really just trying to align uh, so that we can make a significant difference. Mm. Wow. Lady. Yeah, my resume will be in on, on Monday. So no. <laughs> <laughs> that I can get behind. I don't, well, wow. We are hiring. So we are going to, um, people call it the great resignation. It's really the great rethinking, the resetting this, mm-hmm. this, this time. Ooh. I'm actually quite energized by it because there is this, um, you know, we have had very low turnover at United Way uh, throughout our history. It's just all hitting me right now in this month, but <laughs> which is getting through the pandemic mm-hmm. and people took a reevaluation. So we've got longstanding, beautifully tenured, 20 year, 30 year veterans who are retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had top leadership uh, positions decades in uh, who are moving to another state uh, to be near family. These are all wonderful things to celebrate. Uh, and they all had their season to be part of building the United Way. Hmm. So we are at this critical juncture. So we just posted uh, for a chief operating officer, uh, will be my right arm, uh, would be really running all of the internal operations, need a sharp business mind, uh, connector, empathic leader, all the things. Uh, And I'm so excited about it. And the response has been so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I'm just humbled by those who wanna hop on uh, the journey and help create the future. Uh, and then we have others uh, posted as well, but couldn't help but plug it. Come join us. Oh, on this you have to, please, channel. by all means, the opportunity <laughs> to work alongside you. I just, I think it's, it's, it's different, right? I think it's all the, the, just hearing the way that you talked about some of those resignations or separations, we'll call them, right? Um, yeah. And just your overall mindset towards the, the, the great resignation more as an opportunity to learn and grow where other people are kind of looking at it as a real business challenge and not sure, not sure what to do. Um, one of the things that you talked about um, was business and community, right? You had the sociology background, but you also got the background in business at the same time to understand yep. how one impacts the other. Something yep. that's fascinating, uh, been fascinating, pretty fascinating to Tyler and I is like who walks the walk or who just talks the talk, right? And we're talking about now I see like employer branding. Now, now like when was that ever really a thing, right? 
Um, and I saw the lack of commitment by a lot of businesses to be ingrained in the community in which they lived and worked. But it makes all the sense in the world to me of what, for all the reasons that you explained earlier about the poverty rates that we have. But like even our, our graduation rates are something that we should all kind of be embarrassed by. But it's, it's more or less like that's, my, that's their lawn, that's not mine. How do we break that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me is we, right. We yeah. are all part of it. And it is, uh, it, it's, you have to have the bravery to look at the uncomfortable. It is tragic to say in Monroe County, 3000 of our kiddos go to Bavona child advocacy center every single year because of child abuse. And they range from wow. infants to teens, right. Holy that, that, and that's one in 10 kids. So I think about that. My kids go to a, one of the top schools in the, in the area one in 10 kids in that classroom are most likely experiencing some form of abuse. It's just statistically the way it is. And that is across. So what, what does that mean? That means that kids will grow up uh, with trauma. Kids that if you work with human beings in your company, if you know human beings, this is here. You have divert, divorce, death, poverty, cancer, uh, developmental disabilities, parents that are single parents. You have, you have all of this within your uh, organization. We all benefit by ensuring that all of these issues, these social ills are addressed, that we are able to wrap our employees with the supports that they need in community, if not within our own organization. So uh, I believe that it is so uh, critical to be open to that, but it's a hard conversation. I mean, I just want to sit home and watch Ted Lasso sometimes. Yeah. Right? It's my favorite show right now. Uh, I watch it on repeat yeah. and I love it. But even that show, weaves in not only management and leadership but it weaves in and recognizes on that team there there's trauma there's yeah. trauma from all sorts of sides so when we think about for me that the strongest region has that trifecta of strong business strong smart government and a healthy vibrant nonprofit sector that's the trifecta of a healthy region and i think covid helped show that in ways that people could actually see it so you saw, this is a nonpartisan, this is, we're in a global crisis. Mm -hmm. We turned to our public health. We turned to government. They had to partner across towns and villages and the city and all of it. They turned right to United Way and said, please organize the human service sector. How do you feed all the older adults who can no longer leave their homes way back when, because yeah. we didn't understand this virus. So we all had to partner in new and different ways. Business donated PPE. Like it was just amazing. Mm. Black Button reinvented itself to hand sanitizer, yeah. right? You think about what we were able to pull off in a short period of time when all three sectors were focused on the same thing. That I hope we don't lose because we can do the same for other challenges we face. And just, uh, that's, wow, amazing, amazing. And I love what you said about bravery because bravery is a pretty broad definition by who you ask, right? But bravery to, to actually look at the things that you don't even want to see because it is hard, that, that, that's powerful. Golly, this is awesome, Jamie. I, I keep writing down questions over here that you keep answering before I, I, get, to, I get to ask them. Do I'm that. Like, I can just wind me up and I can just talk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I have over here three questions. It was like, well, why would I want to work for you? You check that box. Tell me a little bit more about the United Way. Check that box. So right now, I'm going to ask you. All right. Ted Lasso, check that box. You know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff over here. Um, 
how do your employees feel valued or how do you make your employees feel valued over there? How about that? You haven't really yeah. nailed that one down yet. No, haven't, haven't done that. Oh, and this hybrid, <laughs> hybrid environment is hard. I will tell you, yeah. um, we try, um, you know, and I, I think the nonprofit space, we have our mission. So we live and die by our mission. We, that is our core. We talk about that purpose. Uh, companies also have purpose and meaning. The most successful ones always have the overarching, why do we exist? Why are we here? And I, I am just so, I just love our team. They are just extraordinary and they continue to rise and rise and rise. Uh, you know, they pull off these miracles and watching them do that without missing a beat when everything was disrupted and we went remote over that March 13 weekend, like everybody did in 2020. Uh, and we continued, we have raised more money in the last two years than we had before. You know, wow. just this recent, we had that 24 hours of giving rock the day, broke all records in 11 years, people contributing 1.2 million in 24 wow. hours. My team is there at midnight answering the phones all the way midnight to midnight. Uh, they're just incredible uh, mission pulled, grounded, amazing human beings. And to keep, I hope they feel as appreciated as I try to express um, it's never enough. So what I try often to do in practical terms, we can do it globally, right? Uh, if there's a work anniversary, they get an email from me. I have a hundred staff, but I make sure that they all get it, uh, that we make sure that we, uh, maintain health insurance at a healthy rate, uh, and give them benefits. Um, you know, when we first had the pandemic, we had to freeze salaries. None of us knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, people worked even harder. Wow. Uh, and I think that uh, what we do is try to show as much respect, give lots of windows and opportunities to provide feedback and input. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have tried to lead by example by giving such flexibility mm -hmm. that if you need a day or you need to work at home in your pajamas or you need to come into the office because you're lonely, we can all acknowledge that. So uh, I try to share that of what I'm going through uh, to demonstrate that vulnerability uh, to demonstrate that I make mistakes and I screw up and I learn from it and you pick yourself up and go again. Uh, but it, you know, I think we could all do, I could do a better job of making sure people know how darn proud I am of them no. for sure. Well, that's uh, even that's just awesome. to hear that what you just said is just so, so powerful. And, and, and kind of the, some of the things that I was picking up on is that your employees were doing more than you were asking of them. And, and, and you, the, you mentioned your turnover was not an issue during the pandemic. That tells me that you have a really resilient workforce, right? And we know that resilience is based off of trust. It's trust with peers, it's trust with direct managers, and then trust with this, the senior leadership. It, it, sometimes it can be hard for leaders to, I guess, talk and converse with some of those entry-level positions sometimes to really understand like what they could possibly be going through in their day. And I meet with a lot of different businesses and sometimes people are very well connected and they understand how the other half lives um, where others are, are kind of like, oh, we don't all have this kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to understand how the level of relationship that you're building by focusing on those key critical life moments of your employees. Um, everybody's jumping to compensation, right? Right now, everybody, it's a sign on bonus here. It's, I can give you $10,000 more there. Is it really that easy, Jamie, to be a great leader and to get the more, most out of your employees and to have them fully engaged? Is it more than just compensation? It's absolutely more than compensation. Uh, absolutely, especially if you want to retain them. The nonprofit sector in United Way is, in, is obviously in that boat. 
we are limited by that. So we often will lose uh, great talent because you can't make a, you can't expect a family to make a 30,000, 50,000, you know, decision, meaning they could make more in the for-profit sector or another environment where we're limited. So we uh, raise every dollar. Uh, we uh, are very mindful that every dollar that we raise is from community and it goes back to be invested in community. We uh, have an 8%, uh, which is the lowest average is 15% that it takes to run an organization because we have different investments and grants and ways to do that. So giving to us is the most efficient thing you can do. I'm also mindful that I can't just raise that percentage. Our purpose is to invest in the community, but we can't do that well without investing in our people. So we are very mindful to stay competitive within the market, uh, but we will lose. Uh, and that happens time and time again. So what we bring is purpose mm -hmm. and mission, mm -hmm. flexibility, respect, uh, growth, and uh, building more opportunities for our professionals, particularly our young professionals to experience and see because we are a small team. So you can pick up for those with the fire in the belly and that matters we will continue to feed it. So you wanna come in, you can be at the leadership uh, meeting, brainstorming or making decisions or being out in the community with these leaders. It really is driven by the individual and their appetite for that when they're hungry. And that's where I think the nonprofit sector is such a wonderful training ground for folks because you get to, sky's the limit, you get to do things you, you wouldn't traditionally be able to do. So I was chief operating officer, big title, of a hundred person regional food bank at Food Link when I was 26 years old. Wow. That would never happen in another environment. But I give credit, you asked about mentors and sponsors. Tom Ferraro hired me uh, very early in my career uh, because I candidly, uh, I called him a horse's ass in the news. <laughs> and, and I got you a job, he, I, man. And he got me a job. That's and, uh, all right. And because I was young and ignorant and I thought he, uh, He's commented that a group that I formed, another 501c3 charity, uh, was perpetuating the problem. And so I called him up and we had, we had many words. And by the end of it, uh, he was offering me a job. And I, I, I love that because he, I tried to do that too, these opportunity hires. You see something in someone and you just got to bring them in. And I was ignorant, but boy, did I learn a lot from him. Very entrepreneurial, uh, figure it out as you go, gave me a lot of room. Uh, and that was just so transformative for my entire career. So uh, I honor him often uh, as somebody who just gave me a shot. Uh, and I really uh, would not be here without what Tom Ferraro made possible. That's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if I'm looking to be the new COO over there, Jamie, what, yeah. what top three <laughs> traits are you looking for? I'm trying to give some people a heads up out there before they talk to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we, it's a newer position for us. So we had someone, uh, an amazing leader who did the job, uh, who maintained a lot of external. This really is more of an internal, the number two person to run the business operations. So uh, we need an expert, uh, you know, jackknife, you know, who can really uh, do everything from connecting all the dots, anticipating, motivating the team, uh, from our fundraising operation, marketing, uh, from our community impact grant making work, our equity work, uh, there's so much opportunity, our community engagement efforts, our volunteer united, the person who connects all those dots. So uh, I, I mean, candidly, I'd apply for it, but I already have a job. Uh, I think it's one of the best <laughs> things ever. 
Um, but uh, it really is shaping who we will become. Uh, you know, this organization has been so amazing over a century and what the community needs from us evolves. We are evolving with it. Uh, and we uh, need that uh, leadership to help carve out what our future will be uh, and how we're going to get from here to there. That's so awesome. That's a, that's a, and, and, and I mean, if I didn't just take a new job, I would, you would have an application already for that position. But that sounds right yeah. up my alley. Um, one of the things like we talk about is like culture. Um, and you, you talk about like uh, almost an alignment of, of these mission, vision and values, but also like the, that skills can be taught, right? You mentioned about, about how yep. uh, you guys are kind of evolving as the community evolves and, and probably quicker yep. than most businesses are, right? Because they're just not as reliant on, on the community. Um, what, are, what are you learning right now? Like wh where is why is culture so um, elusive for a lot of organizations in, in, the, in their challenge to kind of create that environment of safety, like you mentioned earlier, like focusing on, you mentioned health, like health is wealth, in my opinion, yeah. right? If we have a healthy workforce, we're, we're, we're winning um, collectively. What, what are your like staples or your foundation and maybe you have five key principles to, to really building a culture that is um, adjusting with the changing socioeconomic climate right outside its doors. Well, there's a lot to unpack in that one. I, I would say for our culture in particular, we need to be a learning organization and uh, we do that with humility. So, you know, I read an article a few years ago that said, if, you're, if your job looks the same today as it did three years ago, you're out of date. And I, I think that's in all positions, including my own. And it just means you need to perpetually grow and change and evolve and iterate and be that learning organization. And that means it's also okay that you're going to learn and try something and doesn't stick. Now, not all nonprofits in particular, we're not working on, uh, you know, it's not life and limb at United Way. We support organizations that are working directly with uh, human service and, and organizations that are life and limb. But what we need to do, we have an opportunity to innovate and to try different ways of engaging and to be responsive and to learn and grow. And I think that's a, a wonderful opportunity and it's an awesome responsibility. Uh, but if, as a culture, uh, it is also critically important to have fun and the work is heavy, but it's important to infuse fun. Uh, and I will be first to admit that's not, uh, doesn't come as natural to me. So I was glad you didn't ask me like what books I like to read and all those, <laughs> what are your hobbies? You know, my hobbies are, are to, to read books on change and to read book on leadership and management. Like, I just love it. Like it's, yeah. it's that's what I love. Uh, but we should have fun. And we just did this, uh, like holiday door decorating competition. And I was like, oh my, really? It was awesome. It was so great. The halls, the this, the that. Um, we had like an intranet and people wanted to create this like pet page. And I was like, who's going to do a pet page? People love it. They post their pets all the time. So, you know, just allowing the people who are really good at that to really be good at it and let it go. And it's just been, it's been great. We survey our team a lot to see how they're doing. So the great places to work or the pulse surveys, the virtual suggestion box. We just had one for like more ice cream and mm -hmm. like just, you wanna pay attention to it. Cause really, what does that mean? Ice cream isn't just about ice cream. Ice cream really means you wanna be with your colleagues, right? Yeah. And you like ice cream, but yeah. I think it's being uh, listening and um, engaging. We did like a paint, you know, they do those like 
paint um, efforts where they teach you all how to paint the same picture. Oh yeah, painting with a twist. Was there wine painting included with in this one? Yeah. So, and it was virtual. <laughs> and I was like, what does this mean to the pandemic? But everybody got it mailed to their house and you're on Zoom quietly as everybody's doing it. It was like one of the best things. That's <laughs> so do. cool. So I have to suspend my disbelief, but it's just so important to take that time and that builds culture. Uh, you know, it's just reminded of uh, one of our tremendous leaders, as I mentioned, our COO now who's going to Florida to be near family. And she remembered that you, you need to touch the heart before you teach the mind is a famous wow. phrase. And she was reflecting on that last night. And I thought that's exactly right. You know, you get things done faster, better, stronger, smarter when people trust each other and they know your heart's in it they're moved to participate and then you can get to the mind. People, people don't like being told what to do. They like being shown and told or shown why, you know, that's right. Wow. That, you I'm always need that. the why. That you is, always need the why. Yeah, and I always seem to trust folks that show like vulnerability, like you just mentioned and humility. Uh, I'm just mad at myself that it took me 35 years to understand that if I show a little humility and vulnerability, what kind of relationships I can have, I can create and what kind of trust I can create. What, what's your biggest weakness, Jamie? My biggest weakness right now is my power cord. I need to get one. <laughs> <laughs> Texting my teenager. <laughs> bring me that power cord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. Um, so, uh, my greatest weakness is uh, pace. So, I someone just recommended uh, Rocket Fuel for me to read, and I am obsessed by this book right now. It's part of that EOS system, you know, the entrepreneurial system, the Traction series, and. I'm reading this rocket fuel book, which talks about these visionaries and the integrators and the visionary, they give you the traits of it, uh, the positive, And then the part that makes you create, that makes everybody crazy. This is like to a T I read, <laughs> this is like about myself. And uh, now I uh, I'm looking at the other part, which is the integrator part. And the integrator is that COO role and how they're so good at taking the visionaries uh, energy ideas. They have a thousand ideas, but you need the integrator who filters it, prioritizes it, puts the ones over here to think about later, and then helps align the rest of the team about where they're going. So my greatest weakness is uh, I think that I believe we can do a lot more faster uh, and really recognizing reality and the space-time continuum uh, and that you can't do it all and you have to prioritize. <laughs> I just can see potential everywhere yeah. and you just need to right-size it. So going back to your early question for the COO, I'm looking for the COO that can be that integrator uh, mm -hmm. who can make all that click uh, and uh, help be that compliment of maybe not right this minute, Jamie, but soon, or we're going <laughs> to elevate this, or you need a hundred more people. Uh, my greatest weakness is uh, I see a boundless opportunity and then just trying to temper how we do that. Golly, the words rocket fuel get me going. I know. Here. Yeah, that got I, me. I, mean, I started book. sitting up a little straighter after. Yeah, a rocket <laughs> fuel. I'll be the rocket, you be the fuel. I got my cord. I'm plugged in now. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Thanks for thanks for dropping that off, son. We appreciate it. Yeah. One um one of the things that you mentioned is that you uh as we're wrapping up here is uh live and die by our mission, right? Being being a nonprofit and 
mission yeah. statements with nonprofits, and uh, you might have alluded to it earlier as well, kind of evolve too as the as the needs in the community change. Have yeah. you what what is your future mission statement? If you were to say today, what is what are your long term goals of the United Way in, in Jamie Saunders' wording of of the mission statement of, of where you want to take this company as you move forward? Yeah, what well, it's a great question. So fortunately, you know, our mission was just reinforced through COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you can have a mission statement and it would change. Uh, and it doesn't uh, reflect where you are when you have something like a global pandemic that disrupts everything. Uh, for us, it just reaffirmed our role, our purpose mm -hmm. in such a significant ways, which is to unite the goodwill and resources of the community so everyone can thrive. What does that mean? We're uniting resources. We're uniting dollars. We're uniting volunteers, 5,000 of them. We are now staffing the vaccine response clinics, the boosters, the pediatric response. So when I think of United Way, the greatest myth is that we just raise dollars like PayPal and give it out. That is not what we do. Mm -hmm. We connect, uh, we invest smartly. Uh, you know, if you've got a financial advisor who's looking at the stock market, they know where to go and what to invest. That's not something I understand. Mm -hmm. You find the people who really know what are the macro level issues, mm -hmm. where should their investments, where are their gaps, that's what we are. So I, I seek a, a, the, the United Way now and the United Way right now, I keep saying, what does United Way look like in 2033? So we're going to go through a planning process next year. 10 years from that, what do we look like? I promise you it'll be different. But what does that look like? And we're in this evolutionary time. And I am more affirmed of our mission, our purpose and role than ever before. Mm. There, when you think about that March 13, 2020, was the first case in the DNC. It was that Friday where all like we knew something big when it finally came to right Monroe before County. March Madness. Thanks. Yeah. Right before. <laughs> that was brutal. And um, I'm an SU grad. So um so it was that moment and to have the county executive say, we need you, uh just reinforce that there are very few places, uh, and I would wager there isn't, when it's a neutral place, convene, help problem solve, that's our organization very action oriented. Uh, and so that is where, if you think of us as a community project office problem solver, we run to community problems. That is the United Way that we are and we're gonna continue to be. But funding it is always gonna be the question, right? Mm -hmm. So we live and die by contributions made at workplaces and the workplace has been disrupted. So we would traditionally go into Kodak, you do your United Way, you know, spiel, you play the video, everybody cries, and then they sign a payroll pledge form. Mm -hmm. And that was collective giving. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work like that anymore. And now with remote work, hybrid work, people can work all over the country. We have to evolve as how our business works and make sure that we're meeting the needs. We would do mass fundraising, but now our customers, our donors are saying, Talk to me when I want, how I want, and tell me about the issues I care about. We have to evolve to be able to do that. Wow. So a lot of change coming, yeah. uh, and we'll get there. Uh, I believe in this generous community. I believe that we can solve these problems uh, by working together and working differently and innovating. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the future for our organization. I love that. One, one of the last questions that I had, Tyler, and I'll let you bring, bring us home right after is um, you mentioned something about emotions earlier and, and you use the mm -hmm. word love, right? Um, I can just tell that you're a very positive person from the, the minute that you uh, slip on your slippers from getting out of the bed is just like, how am I going to make today great? Um, 
how do you how do you, how would you always find I guess the good in things like like why what why do you think positivity ha- has helped get you to where you are today and see the world the, the way that you get to see it? I guess because I see opportunity, I don't I don't take no very well. <laughs> so <laughs> no matter where it is, and they're like no reservations tonight. Really? Are you sure? There's got to be a way. Or no, we can't make it solve it. Um, no, I I think. Um, I think there's always a way to a yes. And there's, a, there's always got to be a way to a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when uh, I think getting to yes, that's another fantastic book that people should read um, about negotiation. And it's about communication. Mm-hmm. Often we are able to find solutions where it's a yes, yes, a win-win. If mm-hmm. we give the time to listen, to hear, to understand what people are trying to achieve and to accomplish, there's a way to get to a win-win. Mm-hmm. I believe that, uh, feelings of insecurity, fear, uncertainty, power, ego, all of those things uh, derail where there could be real potential uh, working together if we have that humility. So humility isn't weakness. Mm-hmm. It's actually vulnerability and humility, again, back to bravery, yeah. uh, is what that's about. Um, and recognizing that we don't know. I feel like the more I learn, the more I don't know. Uh, and, and yet we're on that journey. So if we're open to the journey, yeah. uh, we'll get there, but that's, Some that's just see uh, when you say bravery, I see Mel Gibson coming down from, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's me. You're using With it in a blue. totally different way, but it, it is true yeah. bravery. Right. And I think it's such that, that, that the way that everybody uses different terminologies, but it is, you truly have to be brave in order to look something in the eye and it takes bravery to get comfortable with change. I mean, some people are, are never changed because of the fear of change. And then by that time they're extinct, like the dinosaurs. So it's just amazing. Well, I just, well, I we all go you. through it like parenthood. You, I mean, you're, you're dad now, like oh, yeah. dad's all over as parents, you bond, right. Yeah. You bond. Um, I remember, you know, when my husband and I were looking to buy our first house and it was like overwhelming the whole process and inspectors mm-hmm. and can we afford it? And what does this mean? And we would be driving down the road. And I said, but all these people had to do this. <laughs> so we can figure it out. I mean, there are houses everywhere, right? Yeah. So if people can figure it out. We can figure it out. Yeah. And that is applicable to any big challenge that we're facing. Okay. We will figure it out yeah. and, and just take the time to, to be able to do that. Surround yourself with great people. Keep your eye on the prize. But it is one step mm-hmm. at a time. Well, listen to valued and heard, like you said, about how, how to build a great that that's uh, finding that win win. That's exactly what I think a lot of leadership and teams need to do is just listen to their employees and actually understand what they're looking for. That's all they want. Um, and there right. is a win win. If we help kind of provide your the safety for you uh, in all these different areas and protect your personal and professional well being, then in return, you should bring forth your best effort for us every day. It's just it's 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 magical just hearing the, like how the correlation it is like, magical. Connecting all these dots in my head right now i'm sorry i'm, I'm oh, data overload tyler that's great <laughs> oh man I, I just think jamie's looking at my notepad over here it happened again yeah. i have over here I, I have over here where's the united way going to be in 2050 and she's just like well we had a meeting last week about 2031 i'm like you kidding me yeah this is awesome this has never happened to me ever yeah. And, clairvoyant, uh, I should tell you that. I can read minds. That's the, that's the secret. Wait. You're like, <laughs> I, I can't make this up. Um, so I was going to ask Jamie uh, closing out, in, out on this, and thanks for spending time with Kevin and me. Um, what advice would you give to the young ladies out there who, um, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, they're just kind of trying to start to think about their careers maybe um, and uh, 
what advice do you give them to, to believe in themselves to be a president or a CEO someday? And where do they start? That's a great one. I think first seventh, eighth, and ninth grade girls don't wouldn't listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Only because I know some and they live in my house. But no, I um uh you know, I think it's that anything really is possible. I I actually go back to what you were saying about showing up. Uh I I think uh, we're seeing just to end on on reality. Uh, tremendous mental health challenges among our young people. So those grades in particular, both uh, boys and girls, um, the suicide ideation rates are off the charts. Uh, it breaks my heart. You can't, they were high before, but they are, you know, it was 80% of young teenagers right now are, are reporting depression. Um, suicide rates up to 40% increase year over year. So it has been rocking my world to try to think about these young people and the what they've been experiencing from COVID to what they're wit- witnessing around racial injustice to govern all of the divisiveness that you could see all this anger. And I want what I would like to say is this, you know, the, this too shall pass. Um, we have been through very hard things. There'll be hard things in front. Uh, and to make sure that you, uh, surround yourself by people who value you and see you and lift you and make you feel better. And if they don't move on, mm-hmm. uh, and that's hard to do as a teen, uh, when there's so much pressure, uh, to the likes, the, this, the, that, uh, is powerful. Um, it's that dopamine feeling, right? So, uh, we need to counter that. And, and I hope the young people realize that we need them. We have not solved these problems yet. Uh, as these grown-ups, uh, and we need them. And my goodness, are they smart? This generation that's coming up and so evolved. Uh, they know much more than I in many things. And I, I have optimism about where they're coming, uh, but it is a challenging environment. So right now, going back to to love, uh, we got to love our young people. That is the most. All the research, all the data says the best solution for all of what I just said is a loving, caring adult. So take that time. It doesn't have to be your own kid. It could just make sure that we just love them up, lift them up, and reinforce that they can do anything. Wow. Jamie, thank you so much for that. And I'm going to start loving on anybody tomorrow morning when I get out and say, (laughs) I'm kicking today's ass. Verbally, six feet, six feet distance. But yes, Yes, exactly. Air hugs (laughs) only. Air hugs only. Just say, you're doing great. Keep at it. You're doing great. This has been. Everybody uh, does the best they can, right? Everybody's doing the best they can. I'm so glad that you said yes to our crazy request for you to be on our show after Heidi like ranted and raved and Anne and everybody else was like, you got to have Jamie. It's on. amazing. Like, I love it. Like, we don't know, Jamie. Ideas. We can't get a hold of her, but we got to have you. So, it was just, I learned so, so much from you today and just tons of great knowledge and notes. And just, it was a, it was an energizing conversation. And I can't thank you enough for being a part of Time Out with Leaders with Tyler and I. But this has been really my pleasure. I just, I've been listening. You got a huge fan. I'm a groupie. I've been listening to all of them. You, oh. you overrid my Beyonce time and my commute today. So <laughs> Queen I can listen B, to step you guys, aside. So. Tyler's here. Yeah. <laughs> On his birthday, no less. So really, it's uh, exactly. wonderful. And again, look at what you guys are doing. So this is a passion project. You're trying to share knowledge, inspire others to do good. So thank yeah. you and kudos to you guys for making this happen. Thank you so thank much. You. 
Thank oh, you. Yeah, and thanks to Kevin and his following. About uh, thirty thousand people are about to see this because of that guy. <laughs> yeah, <so. right. laughs> yeah. You might have thirty thousand openings for that uh, operation. Sir, so <laughs> some resumes will be passed. But Jamie, thank you so much. You were a blast. I had a ton of fun. I can't wait to uh, for the rest of our listeners to hear today's conversation. This was uh, awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you.